This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Surprise! Did you miss me, Andy? I sure missed you. I told you. We were gonna be friends to the end. And now, it's time to play. I got a new game, sport. It's called Hide the Soul. And guess what? You're it. From the Playland Fire in Sweet Home Chicago to a coming of rage in Hackenslash, New Jersey, we are Halloweenies. And welcome yet again to Halloweenies, a horror franchise podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Justin Lee Ray Gerber, and to jump the gun on our sign-off for every episode this season. This is the end, friend. For this episode is our grand finale on the Child's Play franchise for season six of Halloweenies. But have no fear, Chucky heads. We will be covering the back half of Chucky season three at some point next year. And dear God... On high, please let it be released deep into the fall of 2024. <laughs> so we will not be too overwhelmed during what will be a very busy late winter, spring, and summer in the land of uh, Whalen Utani, aka the Alien franchise. But look, before we get into our individual rankings of the Child's Play franchise, this is the first time we've all been together for a while for a major episode. So I think it's important that we go around the mics and each of us discuss. How right I am about spooky season solely running through the month of October 
with a forgiveness period beginning on the first day of the fall and running through the end of October. Let's start off with somebody who really agrees with me on this. He's calling in. He's got purple hue. Well, actually, a couple people on this call are coming in from a, a purplish hue. But this person's calling in from Southport in Chicago. Mike, how right was I about that take? No, not at all. I, I, you know, I think that we've had a wonderful, uh, long, spooky season. Mm. You know, you give the Christmas season f- starting from what? November 1st oh, to... Oh, my Christmas. I'm like one of those annoying Christmas shops. It's year-round in my heart. Oh, Lord. I See, for me, when, when those lights come out, I got to keep it spooky, which is why behind me you can see a little Halloween tree. It's always a nightmare before Christmas for me over here. But I look, I'll give you September 1st to October 31st. That's fine. That's fine. But for those that are truly spooky, that truly love horror, are the real <laughs> fans. <laughs> the real trolls. It's, it, it is not only a year-round thing, but you can really, hmm. to quote Luke Wilson from the family stone, really let your freak flag fly starting uh, <laughs> Octo- August 5th. You know, <laughs> so Paul, fun fact, I did yeah. see that movie in theaters. I did too. You, you know, know. Uh, it was too. a real, it was a real enjoyable film. Well, that's watch. of course, it's a fucking dour, like just sourpuss movie. Most sourpuss movie for a sourpuss take. That was Michael Monroeville, uh, Mal Rothman. Yeah. That take. That, Michael, that Michael is, Myers Rothman. Well, I guess, should I, I don't think I ever did Michael Mancini Rothman here, did I? I know. I guess I'll keep it Michael Myers Rothman, I guess. I like, yeah. for all you real Melrose Place heads out there, <laughs> we get that reference. Yeah. Okay, Michael, we'll, we'll take it. Uh, somebody who's going to be calling in from across the pond, but not the person who usually calls in from across the pond. This is another uh, part of the country that she's calling in from. Rachel, my take. How do you feel? Hey, this is... Rachel ranking him up, Reeves, and you are so wrong. Mm, wrong. <laughs> embarrassingly wrong. But, you know, we're your friends, so we're just going to tell you just flat out you well, are tis wrong. the season. <laughs> tis this Christmas season, the holiday season for all of us here. Yeah. Halloween. Look, I still have candy corn. Mm-hmm. Oh, right here. Look at so, this! I got some too. Yeah, see, <laughs> it's oh team my god, the candy corn in a, crew in a giant pumpkin. <laughs> yep. yep, I yep. still have a pumpkin on my porch. So wow, okay, that's pretty cool. That's, I've got it's... some Persani instant hand sanitizer that I think I purchased back in March of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> if you drink it now, you will somehow get even worse diseases. So I'm looking forward to trying that out later on tonight <laughs> if this goes too long. All right, now also coming in, like I teased him earlier, as I always say, he's calling in across the pond, even though I know he's in the continental United States of America. He's calling from the Far East. I'm not talking about another country. I'm talking about New York City. Nah, more, more or less. Who is this? This is Dan Catherine Sack. Caffrey? <laughs> um, <laughs> I am a firm believer in starting spooky season in August as well. However, however, with a caveat. Earlier and earlier over here. <laughs> Wait, August. Is that what we said? We said I thought August. Was I said... A, no, the first day of fall is, is like September 23rd. Then oh, Mike said true. the beginning of September, and then yeah, you're saying I August. Like a, I do like a slow ramp up in August. Mm. Yeah. Like I kind of start <laughs> binging some horror movies here and there. Mm. I get my list going for <laughs> 31 days of yes, Halloween hell. Yes. And then it really begins in earnest in September. And earnest, scared stupid if you're me, because I watched you it last year. That's right, you did. And as far as whether we're still in it, I mean, I, I kind of believe we're in Christmas season. However, I just rehearse the play i wrote that's going up tomorrow that is called autumn mix and that takes place during halloween and is very much uh has candy corn i actually tried to buy some candy corn for it 
couldn't find any. And I ordered some on Amazon. Oh. It got delayed. So we're oh, just I could have gonna... sent you some. I have ah, really? open bags. Yes. You Man, that would have been awesome. Yeah, it goes, it's just she's actually sitting on multiple bags of candy <laughs> yeah. corn right now. <laughs> I thought you meant she's sitting on a giant pile of it, like a, like a leprechaun wish. on his gold. <laughs> yeah, so we're just going to pantomime. It's just a reading, so it's fine. So I, I, although I say I'm in Christmas season, I do like Christmas horror movies a lot, and I, I'm still clearly in horror land much like Arl Stein. So mm. yeah, I guess I'm a fan of the prolonged spooky season myself. Well, when you think about it, it depends on what you believe in, but you know, you could argue that Jesus in his own way was a zombie. So yeah. Look, uh, I maybe wrote a, th- a little pilot for something called Bible horror stories. That is EC ah. comics versions of Bible horror stories. And the first episode is called the empty tomb. And it's about Jesus coming back. Ryan Murphy's revenge. ears are ringing right now. Yeah, and acting revenge on Pontius Pilate. Oh, I can't wait to see how sexy that season is. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, somebody <laughs> yeah, wants Ryan to see Murphy. somebody. You just heard. You just heard him. He's looking forward to seeing how sexy Zombie Jesus will be one day on FX, <laughs> or maybe even FXX if that's still around. Who is this? This is Wolfman Mac, and insert something about ranking. Excited to be here. Uh, I, I have to say. I agree with Mike. Uh, I think it's the uh, <laughs> beginning of September. This is a new development for me, though. I think yeah. somewhere in the midst of doing the podcast, people just, you know, you, you, you're, you're friends with a lot of other horror hounds, and you see they, they keep it going. They keep it going year-round. And I want to just take a sec to applaud those those jokers <laughs> for uh, for doing what I can't do. And and I will say, it made me jump on board. I start ramping up and watching a lot more horror in September. And this year, we decorated so early that we not only decorated, but then we took it all back down again within a week, moved, and then brought it all back out again. <laughs> That's dedication. Realize. That is dedication. Well, we, yeah, yeah. To be fair, we didn't realize we were going to move. But... I don't know if I'm, uh, I'm I don't know if I'm still in, in in that realm. You know, I moved into science fiction in November, but I was watching a lot of kind of horror adjacent things still. And now, and I just watched Hereafter, so it's kind of spooky. Scary. <laughs> what was scary. Your November called your sci-fi binge? You had a, a, a cool name for it. Neo like, November. Neo, yeah. Like, like the Matrix. The Matrix. Yeah. I like how Dan and Mac <laughs> use the verb ramping up, like they're coming off the injured list. <laughs> <laughs> they have to like recover from their ankle sprain. Or like Susan that. gave me shit because it got to be August, and anytime it just got a little bit chilly, I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's here, it's here." And she's like, "Will you shut the fuck up?" Like, it's not yeah. Susan and it. I, <laughs> I think, are, are very similar spiritually. Yeah, yeah. Sadler and Waldorf over here. Seasonally, we're laughing at people when they're in, in September when it's 95 degrees out. I'm like, let's still Cracker Jack in the baseball game. You're like, no, let's go watch, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 or something like that. I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? Yeah. I mean, I haven't really done a lot of the holiday horror. I kind of flopped on Friday. I was supposed Mm. to go see Silent Night, Deadly Night at the music box, except that uh, Sammy decided to get the flu shot and the COVID shot on the same day. So she was out. Mm. Not fun. But we, we tried three times to watch like some spooky horror movie that was holiday related. And uh, we started Anna and the Apocalypse, didn't like it, got about 60% in, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then I went to the next one, which was... Give me an Avatar Way of Water. The, oh, yeah. Well, did you, did you just, just stopped it? You never finished the movie at all? No, I think I got about a quarter of the way in, which is as long as most movies are, so I feel pretty proud of that. Oh, <laughs> that's, that was probably them setting up like all the lore for the rest of the movie. Can't wait for the next 10 years of my life. Well, Mike, you mentioned, I think you just mentioned It's a Wonderful Knife. Yeah. Rachel, have you seen It's a Wonderful Knife yet? I haven't, but I would like to. Isn't it the writer of Happy Death Day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm. It seems it like Michael, it. Yeah. Michael, Michael Kennedy, right? There we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, haven't seen it yet, but I'll probably be watching it because it's the season. You know what I'm saying? You got to cram for our top, you know. I do. You know, year. honestly, I will say most of the horror movies I, I've seen this year, I have no problem putting in my top 10. For the ones that I've just, I need to, I want to get like a real firm, strong list, though. I need to ramp up. Um, ramp up to it. You have a couple say. weeks. Ramp yeah. up. Number, number <laughs> two. Benging here on some good horror. I'm going to see on your letterbox that number two is going to be Exorcist Believer, and then I'm going to have a heart <laughs> attack. with a tough year. <laughs> oh, I need to, still need to watch it. It's well, on, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Need? Now, yeah. need? Well, look, speaking <laughs> yeah. of horror, Child's Play franchise oh. that started in 1988. And it's running strong 35 years later. Listen, if you've listened to our ranking episodes, all of you wonderful, dedicated listeners out there over the years, nothing has changed. I'll do a brief run through, which I've read myself a couple times and managed to confuse myself. So if you're listening for the first time, trust me, you will understand what's happening as we go along. I asked each of the Halloweenies for their rankings. So only I know Everyone's order. Nobody else knows each other's order except for me. I have the power. Thank you. We're going to go through all nine entries one at a time. So we're each going to give our number nine entry to begin with and work our way kind of in a circle through our various rankings. And only when all five of us have mentioned an entry will we stop and discuss the movie. And then at the very end, I will reveal the overall rankings and there, was, there were two entries that actually had a tie. And so I had to break the tie. But before I broke the tie, one of the five people here ended up having what we all averaged out ranking-wise. And I don't think that's ever happened before. So I will reveal all. I guess if you've got your own list with you, you will see what I'm talking about as we go along. So hmm. are, we ready to, are we ready to begin? Still, yeah. All right. Are you excited? Yeah, I am I'm very excited. Ra- I'm always excited to talk enough. to you guys. Yeah. I mean, that's, I love, love ramping up and <laughs> talking to you guys. No, let's I do, keep, I do, it, let's I keep always, it about ramping up here. Let's always love being ramping. here. Always okay. being here. For real. I, I believe I believe A good guy. I know it. I know you get me one. Show me how he works, okay? Hi, I'm Andy. What's your name? Hi, I'm Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. Heidi Ho. <laughs> Dan, though, will I believe what your number nine movie is? Well, we'll see. I'll see if it's one of the unanimous number uh, or unanimous choices. My number nine, in my opinion, the worst Child's Play movie is Child's Play 3. Dan, I, I believe you. Because it's also my least favorite entry. I have Child's Play 3 at number 9. Now, keep in mind, everybody, I should have mentioned this, we're also including the Chucky TV series in our rankings, as well as the, the Lars Klevberg remake in 2019. So, Mac, what is your number 9 entry? My number 9 entry is Child's Play 3. Wow, Child's Play 3. Interesting, interesting. Rachel, what's your number 9 entry? This is my first ranking, you guys, and I'm starting to feel sorry for my least favorite film, which is Child's Play 3. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, I'm not sure. You know, Mike is up next. No, it's... So the real question is, are we going to talk about Child's Play 3 yet, Mike? Nope, because uh, <gasps> my nine is Child's Play 2019. Oh, the, the year of Cleverberg. Yeah. 
The year of Clubberg, 2019. Uh. Okay. Okay, now I don't feel bad. We can't say anything. Yeah, we can't say anything. (laughs) Dan Caffrey, what is your number eight entry on your list? And there's a little movie called Child's Play that came out in the year 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Real hot take here. (laughs) All right. Suspense. Tough beat. Tough beat for Clove. My number eight is a movie that has not been mentioned yet. Don Mancini's directorial debut, Seed of Chucky, mm. number eight on my list. Mac, what is your number eight? My number eight is Child's Play 2019. Ooh, Rachel, what is your number eight? My number eight is Child's Play 19. Just kidding. T- 2019, the year of Clubberg. Wow. Okay, Mike, what is your number eight? Uh, Cult of Chucky. Wow. So we've gone through two <laughs> rounds and we have yet to talk about anything yet. Pretty oh. incredible. I, 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 it's not incredible at all. That's just hyperbole. It's just we find people who rank nine movies and shows. <laughs> You're like, how okay. did this happen? How? This is unbelievable. It's good to have a wild card in the mix here. Yeah. Dan Caffrey, what is your number seven entry? Are we going to talk about something or not? I'm curious. I mean, I know the answer, but. Uh, not yet. Because my number seven is Cult of Chucky. Mm, well, I think it's time to talk about Child's Play 2019, which is my number oh, seven shit. entry on this list. As I discussed <laughs> in the episode, and I do strongly advise everybody out there to listen to our episodes on all of these movies, which run between two and a half to three plus hours. But we're going to briefly go over our feelings again here. Child's Play 2018, to me, it doesn't work ultimately because I feel like it was really trying to capitalize on the previous IP instead of just going its own way. A lot of it felt forced. I thought the story itself was pretty interesting, but ultimately I was very distracted by the child's play references of it all. And I think that Megan ended up doing it a little bit better. So anybody else have anything to say about child's play 2018? I know a couple of you were not on the episode. So if you, anybody wants to talk about it now, go ahead. I just watched it for the first time a few days ago, and mm-hmm. I just felt like it really should have just been its own thing. If you're not going to have a possession situation, it really just is not its it's not a child's play film. <laughs> like, you know, it just didn't feel like that at all. It was, it was just like they slapped a name on it, and it kind of mm-hmm. looked like Chucky, kind of. And to echo what Justin said, I think Megan made it more frightening, and the sentience of, of Megan is terrifying. But this doll just kind of was like still very robotic and not very intelligent in a way and and which in a way is kind of scary because it keeps messing things up, you know, but I just I think that the all knowing, you know, how (laughs) Hal and Megan and, you know, I just that is that 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 understated creepiness is just more frightening. So it's missing in this. I understand what you're saying from that point. Now, Mike, you had this as. Dead last. It's dead last. Yeah. So let's, I think you, you might have seen this before any of us. I'm not sure if you and Rachel saw this around the same. No, wait, you did see this in theaters, didn't you, Rachel? I did. I saw okay. it in the theater. Rachel, I think you might have been number one on this then. Okay, but Mike, what did you think about this since you were not on this episode? Oh, I, I hate it. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's just a fucking waste of time. I, for me, yeah, it's like, yeah. it, it, com- it came in a wave when like all these studios, especially kind of like those on the fringe it, you know, like those like I, like Orion and MGM, which are, you know, just waiting to be absorbed. Just being generous. Like, you know, they're, they were all like, oh, what can we use in our catalog to sort of boost our numbers for our bottom line, which mm-hmm. is what most right. of the fucking suits were wanting to do anyway. And it just, it just felt like such a 
well, we've got this, even though the franchise is currently continuing and we can just make this cash in remake. And they just, I get that the whole robot thing is kind of a new twist. And like you said, Megan did it so much better, but it just, everyone wanders around like they don't know what they're doing in this movie. And I like, mm. I, God, it's like another waste of Brian Tyree Henry. Yes. I don't think Aubrey Plaza had really refined her post parks yet, like her career yet, because I just mm. think she's awful in this movie. And I think that she's incredible. I mean, she was in one of my favorite movies last year. So, I mean, I just think that, you know, and she was great in the white Lotus and I just, you know, Emily, the criminal, she's just fantastic at, so you watch those movies and you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is the same, the same actress in, in child's play. And a lot of it's because, I don't know. She's, I get that she's in her late thirties, early thirties, but it just seemed too like young still <laughs> to, to be like this, this mother of the kid. And I just didn't think the kid was interesting. I thought the Mark Hamill voice was kind of the same old, same old for me. And well, I, I, well to Mike, to that point, the Mark Hamill voice didn't work for me because here you have this actor, this voice actor that has incredible range and you have him playing someone that doesn't ever have his own personality because no. it's not a possession. No. Like if it was a true blue possession movie and they really were going just straight up remake of the original, Mark Hamill, I think, could have really done some fun things with it. Yeah. But it was just wasted on this, like just saying some catchphrases, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I kind of liked that they didn't do the supernatural thing. I think it's one of the things I actually liked about it because it wasn't just a straight up, here comes another possessed doll movie. But Rachel and Dan, we talked about for many hours do you have anything else to add about child's play 2019 or should we move on i mean uh what's that kid's name pud the bully oh god pug Pug. dump truck (laughs) yeah dick cheese whatever i mean i'll just the one they'll say friends i mean i i do want to say i i mean child's play 3 and child's play 2019 for me which are my least favorites i still well you hold off on that child's play 3 talk you're off on the three thing but 2019 it's still like not as bad like bad as other worst entries in sure. other franchises you know and many of which we've covered on the podcast but i mean i feel like it didn't stray enough right like i, I hated no. that they just kind of no. go Dete- detective mike or what you're like okay my name's chucky yeah. for some reason yeah, yeah. okay I, I liked vulnerable chucky i like he, he reminded me of my son what can i say so it felt oh, there you go yeah rachel should i move on or you want to say yeah. something it, any final fine. words on Pog? it's fine <laughs> right. it's fine Mac, <laughs> that's famous last words. Mac, what is your number seven entry? My number seven entry is Seed of Chucky. Ah, okay. Seed of Chucky, the fifth entry of the Child's Play series. Rachel, what's your number seven entry? My number seven is Seed of Chucky. Mike, are we going to be talking about Seed of Chucky? What's your number seven entry? No, we'll probably start talking about Child's Play 3. You're is, right. <laughs> yeah. Child's Play 3. Now, Rachel, yes. you had this at dead last. What is it about Child's Play 3 that, that puts you off so much? Uh, you know, it's... Okay, I do want to say, like, I still give it three stars. Like, it's not wow. that bad. Go. So just, like, prefacing it. This but isn't Halloween Resurrection is what you're saying. Yes. It was like, when, hey... That's another conversation, but oh yeah, <laughs> but it's stacked up next to all of these. It just feels very like random, and like for some reason, it feels a little less confident in itself and mm. like what this franchise is. And 
just so many different random characters. I love it a good amusement park in a movie, but this yeah. feels like it literally comes <laughs> out of nowhere. Like, what is this? Like, this is just hanging out here. Okay. I applaud it, I guess, for k- killing kids. And <laughs> I think it's, there's an interesting idea behind this chaos agent coming into this really structured military industrial complex environment and like i appreciate it for that but for some reason there's just too much going on and justin whalen like bless bless your sweetheart jimmy olsen but yeah just you know he's he's not not hashtag not my andy so Brutal. sorry justin alex vincent where were you eight years too young apparently at the time <laughs> yeah i guess so <laughs> so mike were you on the shots play three episode yeah yeah, you have this at number seven. This is this is this is the highest one, the highest ranking for you for the film. So what's going on? How do you, what do you feel? This is this works better than the than the other two movies you've got below it. Without talking about those movies too much, I guess. Yeah, no, I won't. I mean, I think I think I talked about in the episodes that like no matter how dull some of the characters are, I mean, Mancini's so good at coming up with newer sequences and doing something new with sequels, and I think that's what's kept him going all this time. And I was thinking about it in relation to what I just said about 2019 and that the thing I love about Mancini throughout and what I've learned throughout this entire season is that he wouldn't do this if he didn't feel like he had, you know, enough room in the sandbox to keep kicking around. I mean, it's not just a, oh, hey, we have to keep the Chucky brand going. They could have easily just done something. I mean, they, they could have easily just leaned more into like the remake or the reboot or whatever, but like it's so clear to him that he has always had so many fun opportunities and ideas mm-hmm. that he would want to, you know, catch on. And I think idea, idea wise, like on paper, child's play three, I think is a pretty original idea. And I think it's a pretty cool concept. And I think there are some sequences in here that are pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the problem is, is that most of the cast is just incredibly unlikable. And, you know, I think the, sure, it's a little dreamy in the sense that, Oh, they're at a music park now for some reason, even though they just blew up a kid on the fucking mountain. But even so, it's like, there's so many more memorable things in this than I would say on the ones that I ranked lower. And it's still, I would say, is a more higher quality movie than, you know, what I had at eight, which was like Cold of Chucky. Like, I, I think that's where mm-hmm. I ultimately landed on. And also, it's Brad Durf. Like, as we've said this entire season, like, just that garbage scene alone <laughs> is is like already enough to make it elevate over the 2019 and culture. Sure. So, I get that. I get that. Yeah. I understand that. But who wasn't on the episode in, the, uh, in this episode? I was on three. It. I don't remember. Maybe I'm we not all. On it? I yeah, was. That one. I definitely was on it because I covered the school. Yeah, I, I was on it for sure. Rachel, maybe you were not on this episode. <laughs> well, you spoke first, so there you go. Anybody have anything else <laughs> to add about Charles Play Three? Nah, that's it. <laughs> I, I will once well I, I will say now because this was my least favorite entry it's still three stars for me mm. yeah see that's me too. Oh, man, it's two it's two stars for me mm. go ahead <laughs> I, I mean i agree with mike on some points but it just it's just grim and it doesn't i don't know i think what it what it's lacking is two goes to a place where I'm rooting for Chucky and laughing again. And like, even in the the weirdest and the sickest of scenarios, (laughs) but I don't feel like that in the third one. I'm just like, I, I, and he feels incredibly out of place. It it doesn't make, to me, it's like, why, 
how are you still here? Not just a total contraband and not constantly being seen because you stick out like a sore thumb and every single, you know, it's, it's almost like too unbelievable. That's the cutoff know. for you. It's just, it's just kind of beyond dumb, the yeah. cursing and the curses too, too present. Too <laughs> present. It, it does have that feel. I don't think this is actually the case, but you know how Friday 13th, the new beginning has that really druggy feel to it. Mm-hmm. Not like fun psychedelic, but just like kind of, strung Sleazy. out because it's almost yeah. it's almost too realistic yeah exactly it's like that kind of almost gritty in a way that doesn't mm. suit it and i know people were doing drugs a lot on that set i don't think that was the case for child's play 3 but child's play has that same kind of vibe to me a little bit just that kind of waking up after a coke binge like the sunlight is too bright, well you know, you know what what doesn't have a gritty feel to it is your number six entry down <laughs> what is it i was gonna say the number six my number six number six <laughs> number six for me Man, are we already up here? That's crazy. Yeah. Nine, eight, seven, six. No, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. Wait, we're on <laughs> six. Say number six for Christ's sake. Number your no, ranking. I I, Say I, I, one again. I thought <laughs> I already said I said I thought I already said this one. No, no, I didn't. Hold on. I, I, I cannot not believe say it. I will tell we you are not cutting any of this. Did I say seed of Chucky? You already? sure did not. You did not I say seed of Chucky. I thought I did. That's, sorry. No. We, yeah. I feel like a total moron right Dan now. Caffrey's entry. Dan Caffrey's entry. Dan Caffrey's entry. I need to learn how to count, everyone. Get the count, Von Count in here. The number seed six of, entry for Dan Caffrey is seed of Chucky. Are you sure? Uh, for me, <laughs> I, I, let exactly. me confirm. You know what I was doing? confirm with myself. I was counting down from 10, not nine. That's even worse because there's no 10th entry, so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens <laughs> exactly. later. That's the, yeah, just okay. write the numbers next to your entry. All right, listen, my, listen, my 10th I entry is... I have something very important dolls. to say here. Something very important dolls. to say. Number six for me is Cult of Chucky. Mm. Mac, what is your number six? My number six is Curse of Chucky. Curse of Chucky. Rachel, what is your number six? All right. My number six is definitely 100% Cult of Chucky. Mike, are we going to be talking about (laughs) Cult of Chucky? What is your number six? No. (laughs) My number six is, I already said Cult, so it's Curse. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I fucked this up. No, I fucked this up because no, of my no, hot no. take in this. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching. I'm beginning to f- see what I had, what happened here. So, yeah. <laughs> What's your number six, Mike? Sorry, it was a uh, curse of Chucky. Curse of Chucky. Okay, look. Wow. All right, we only have. We still have to talk about seven movies, and we've got our top fives to go. Wow, it's interesting. Okay, this is actually kind of interesting. That's not yeah. hyperbole. Yeah, Dan. Do you have your text pulled up? Yes, yes. I'm on number five. You know, there are nine films, not ten films. Well, for another fail, because there's only, there's only eight films and one TV show. So now I'm really yeah. looking forward to seeing what you got here. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Disaster. My number, my number five. five is Bride of Chucky. Mm, wow. With the Rob Zombie song, Living Dead Girl, that plays for the opening credits. Yes. Great song. No, no, no notes. I actually think it's perfect. Okay. My number five entry, Curse of Chucky. Mac, take it away. All right, so you guys know that I've been trying to lose weight lately. You know, I've been yeah. kind of uh, on the bigger side for most of my life, but I've, I've been able to drop a lot of weight because I've been trying to eat healthier. You look good. Th- thank you. you the problem good. is, is Wonderful. I can't cook at all. Like, I'm basically going to just make I've like... I've tasted your food. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Factor Meals before. Yeah. No. Okay, so Factor Meals, it's like these easy, ready-to-eat meals that they'll send to your house. I'm oh, sure nice. you've heard of services that do this. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Sure. Where they send food, and it's this... What I actually really liked about Factor is it's like, it has to be kind of idiot proof for me because i can't cook or do anything but it's like ready in two minutes it literally comes 
everything together. You don't have to like make anything. Wrap? It's it's all put together in its own thing. Two minutes. It's not frozen, which actually makes it awesome. Oh, because, nice. You know, the frozen food. Yeah. It comes like in a box. It's like chilled, like yeah. with chill the cooling stuff. But uh, you got all kinds. So I did the keto one, but they also have like calorie smart, protein plus. They've even got like, so my wife ended up really liking these, these like energy shots. Okay. That they, they put in the box that we ordered where she, it's literally like just a little shot of different kinds of energy shots that were awesome that sounds amazing i always was like i'd see these commercials or i'd hear commercials for stuff but i thought factor meal seemed like something that was really threading that needle and would have been really really perfect for me but dude they had like pancakes smoothies who doesn't love pancakes dinners and stuff like that so they have breakfast they got like midday snacks and i so i thought it was like perfect. get it in get it done boom if you're just looking for like fast premium options and you don't have to really cook or be able to do anything sure factor is awesome for that kind of stuff and i thought the and the quality of the meals restaurant quality meals that i just could like heat and eat dude so it's not like your you know your frozen stuff you get at the grocery store so if you guys want to try factor meals i'd say go for it because it's really helped me out and i've i was actually really surprised all you guys have to do is head to factormeals.com slash badmovies50 and use code badmovies50 that's five zero to get 50 percent off that's code badmovies50 at factormeals.com slash badmovies50 to get 50 percent off guys give it a try that's half i know and number five film is Cult of Chucky. Now, you had this higher than everybody. I will say, before rewatching it, I, I, I had Curse before that initially, mm-hmm. but rewatching it, and I think also in the scope of the series now, having moved into the Chucky t- television series. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's more in line with that. You get a lot more of him you get the wild you know multiple personality dolls it balances the the comedy well with it, it, it's it's basically like sets the table for the series like where it's going to go and for me it was just much more palatable and it felt like I was and even though it's a film it felt like I was watching an extension of the television series backwardly and i just find that it just felt more like a child's play film and i think the reason Curse worked for me so well the first time, well, oh, I guess we're not, I'll talk about that later. But the reason for that is why, and I'll we'll get into that. But yeah, Cult of Chucky essentially, that's why I chose it over Curse. There's I, something in Curse that doesn't work now for me, and I'll talk about that later. I was not on, the only episode I was not on was actually Cult of Chucky. So I'll give my, my piece here why I have it not, not too low. It's like number six. I, I, I don't, I think I would give like two or two and a half stars overall. The problem is, Especially having seen the show now, this should have just been either a major part of one of the Chucky seasons or the whole season. Yeah. I think there's a lot more to expand. It just feels like it's really overstuffed in a way mm-hmm. that Curse of Chucky definitely didn't. Mm-hmm. This one does. It feels like there's a lot of storylines going on with like what's going on with Andy and the mm-hmm. Chucky head. And, you know, I, and yeah. also I think they were able, they were able to, they were able to hide the straight to streaming budget well with curse of Chucky because mm-hmm. it's so much of that's in the shadow. And this is in that kind of bright white hospital and it just feels a little cheapy. Yep. Cheapy. I made up a word. It feels a little cheapy, you know? <laughs> so that's why I have it. All right. We'll, we'll give you rankings. the budget. We'll see what you do with that. Budget. I'll kick ass. <laughs> I won't make the movie. I'll, I'll be like, we're going to hold this for a TV show instead. Yeah. <laughs> who, who else was not on the episode? I think we all, the rest of us were, though. Yeah, right? the four of you were on? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah, was I, like, oh, I was doing Full the, Dark No Stars over the, on the Losers Club. 
All all episodes now Whoa. available. Dual so potting. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah. I, I I'm right there with you with with Colt, and I think okay. I'm a, and I kind of say that feel the same way about Curse. And those these two should have just been like part of a first season. And mm. I think that you'd have a little bit more time to to spread out and just seeing what I mean. We'll talk about the TV show in a second, but it is kind of staggering oh, really? to think. I know. Well, maybe what if we just delete it where it's not going to talk well, about Dan it. messed it up. He had, uh, he yeah. had 12 movies and no shows. <laughs> Look, I'm a chaos agent. You know, we talked about Mark Hamill. He voices the Joker. I'm like the oh, Joker. Oh, you are a little Joker over here. Oh, Mark well, Hamill Mark also Hamill. voices Chucky. He says he won't do uh, said, yeah. the voice of Joker, though, anymore. So, Oh, well, that show ended yeah. 31 years ago. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I I agree in the sense that like it's it's just weird to think that you could look at the budgets of that TV show comparative to like these movies and it's like night and day. And I think that I would have liked to actually seen those storylines told with that same sort of production value. Right. And I th- and I just think it would be a good seg. But oh well, Rachel, we're moving mm-hmm. on. Your number five entry. My number five is Curse of Chucky. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> uh, Mike, what's your number five? Child's Play 2. Okay, Child's Play 2. Here we number five. Okay, so we're not talking about it yet. We've got six movies to talk about, and we are now entering our top fours. Mm-hmm. Dan, I want you to tell us your number four entry. What's and number four? Um, start I'd talking four, about it. Uh, four. Um, it's Cult <laughs> of Chucky. No, I'm just kidding. I know what I'm doing. That was a bit. It's ah. Curse of Chucky. <laughs> Curse of Chucky, your number four talk. Give us a little conversation about Curse of Chucky. All right, Curse of Chucky. I think it's the most surprising of all the entries. Mm, Maybe not more than the show, but I mean, I was so not expecting that when it came out. And that goes a long way for me. And we talked about the cheapness of Cult, which I totally agree with. And that's honestly the main detracting point for me for Cult. It's just the way it looks. But Curse doesn't look like that for some reason. I don't know if it's because it's mostly set in a house and I felt like it was such perfect table setting for everything that was going to come later. Like the post credit stinger and the way it ended, the way that it reveals that it is not just a remake, that it is an actual sequel. I mean, there's so many surprises in that movie. Mm-hmm. And it also had that slow burn quality of the first film as well. Um, yeah, if you had asked me back when we well, I was just preparing to have fun with the new direct-to-video Child's Play movie that maybe was going to be kind of entertaining. And it was coming after Bride and Seed, which I like those movies, but... I think I was readying myself for something a little bit campier. And I love that Mancini didn't go that way. And then they came back to that eventually. So yeah, I, it's full of subversions for me while still honoring the whole franchise. So it is a big win for me. Yeah, I have it. I still think it's the best, at least as of the, as of the time it came out, it was the best straight to video sequel I could think of. I think it's been undone by Prey that came out a couple of years ago. But uh, streaming yeah. now is much different than it was 10 years ago, as I talked about in yeah. the episode. Who, else, who was not in the episode? I think just Versus me, Chucky. right? I wasn't on Curse. All right, well. Anybody else have anything to add, though, about Curse? Yeah. Rachel? I mean, I think what I like about both of these, Curse and Cult, is kind of what Dan was saying, playing off of, coming off of Seed, coming off of Bride. It just felt like a breath of fresh air, I mm-hmm. think. Like it felt a little calmer and I liked the kind of single setting. We also get Nika and I love Nika. Yeah. I think she's an incredible final girl and I think she's incredible in both films. So I love the introduction of Nika and what she does for the franchise and, you know, on the screen and off it, like just her relationship to, you know, Brad Dorf and everything. It just enhances so many parts of the franchise. So I, I love these films because of her and just kind of how it continues to show what this franchise can do. You can take a major step back 
and it still works. Like, yeah, it's not, you know, at the top of my list, but it still works. And that is really impressive. And so I admire them for that and will always appreciate them just for that. Now, Mike, you teased why Cult jumped over Curse in recent months. So if you want, if you want to talk a little bit more about that. I think because now it does feel kind of like a, it didn't quite deliver. Because what it does is it says, okay, we're going to, we're actually going to make this creepy again and kind of go back to what, you know, the original franchise was only for it to essentially devolve and, and, into, you know, uh, cult and then what we get with the series and everything. So it was kind of like, well, don't tease us with that. If you're just going to go like full (laughs) zany that, you know, going forward, but, you know, I mean, if you're looking at singularly, I, I you know, I still I still enjoy it. It's like like three. <laughs> like It's not like I hated the movie, but I I feel like the reason I like the cult a little bit more is because it feels more in line with everything. I don't know. I'm watching the series now as a whole and seeing it as a whole. It's hard to watch the first half of that movie. It feels really kind of sluggish and nothing really happening. And I don't think the characters except for Nika in that are very interesting and just everybody's just kind of standing around a lot. I think the the reveal is great, obviously, but I don't know why I had thought that it wasn't going to be that or a continuation when it's, it was dominant scene anyways. You know what I mean? Like I think, yeah, that the reveal was cool initially, but I don't know if it works after upon multiple viewings. Mike, do you want anything else or should we move on? I yeah I think this one's fine I think the problem I have is the final act I think it just gets it's kind of has the problem Colt has which we you just mentioned too it's just that and I and I think I extrapolated on that a lot in the Colt episode is that it's just there's too much story and it doesn't yeah. you know yeah. the, the whole reveal of what's who Nika is and everything even that seems a little too condensed for what's being portrayed and what's being said and how it connects to the original it's just it's a lot. And I think that for a movie, it was so 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 much of a micro story. I actually kind of wish it was a different type of twist, but I I do like where they are able to take it, which is again is why I think these two movies in particular, Curse and Cult, it's they're like blueprints for what's to come. And I think to to echo what Mac was saying, and so it's it is harder for me to go back to them now. I'm just like eh, I'd rather watch the show. Well, speaking of the show, number four on my list is Chucky, the TV series. Mm. Mac, what's number four on your list? Bride of Chucky. Ronnie Yu. Rachel, what's number four on your list? Number four for me, Bride of Chucky. Ronnie Yu. Mike, what's number four on your list? And guess what? We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, it's C to Chucky. This is a shot. Oh, it's really high. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't think you were on this episode either, so go ahead. No, I was Yeah, I so I I deliberately didn't want to be on the episode because I didn't <laughs> I remember not liking this movie. And I think it's just because we've seen how far this franchise has come that now I look back on this film and I go, "Man, what a swing. What a weird fucking movie. Just the most absurd comedy when it comes under the Chucky umbrella." Just the whole final act of the delivery with Jennifer Tilly and how dark that is. It's just like, it's all this really interesting smorgasbord that I think still holds up for its commentary on just how fucked LA could be. And I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I, I had so much fun watching this movie and it, you know, it, it now in hindsight, I actually do think it's a pretty good 
extension to bride, but I do remember the time these swings felt so jarring and I just, it just felt more like scary movie to me. Yeah. I, I think I, I gave it a wrong, wrong brush. And now I, I just, I, lo- I love it for how the, the audacity of this, uh, this movie. And I think, I actually think his, his style of directing is not bad here. I think it's got some, it's got some cool touches at, at points and some of the kills are fucking gnarly. So I, I don't know. I, I like it. I dig it. I think for me with her that mo- more than anything is coming right off the Ronnie Yu movie. Yeah. Who at that time was just a stronger director. Yep. And, you know, we talk about the production hell of this movie. The budget cuts were very apparent. Mm-hmm. You know, they filmed the whole thing overseas and it really, it showed for me at least. But who, who wasn't on the episode? Yeah, I was not on this one because yeah. I don't like this one very much. <laughs> but you would still give it a three out of five. I, I know. See, I just, I'm just. I don't think. I don't think it's yeah. bad. There's just some things about it that I wasn't a huge fan of. To, like you said, scary movie, and I feel like that's a big part of it. You mm-hmm. know, what is it? 2004. This yep. came out. Like it yeah. feels very 2004. And like my least favorite genre of film is like raunchy comedies, and this feels kind of like that a little bit. And I just, it's just feels a little gluttonous, and I, I don't know. It's just not quite my bag i do appreciate it it's wild that some of the things that are in this made it into this i know i will say that like looking Mm -hmm. back and like seeing where we are now and what it was doing it's like i I can't even believe this got made you know and not in like a how did this get made kind of way but like in a like wow they actually pulled this off like that's crazy Mm -hmm. so i do admire it for that but it's yeah i don't know not not my favorite. I mean, the opening sequence alone, I'm like, I can't, I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a throwback to look who's talking. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's say, a famous I mean, last famous question: is who, who knew <laughs> what look who's talking was when Child's Play three came out? It's tough because for 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 a lot a big chunk of these in the middle, they're very close to each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was like a okay, which one would I rather rewatch kind of thing? But Cedar Chucky is weird because for me, upon this rewatch, it went up a full half star, if not a whole star. I can't remember how I rated it. I really, I really didn't like it when I first saw it because I was kind of with Mike. I was, I didn't, I didn't want to continue to see the franchise just get more hammy and comedic and just not scary when I know what it was capable of doing. But again, I think that they've struck a balance with that now. And so going back and watching it in line with what's to come. It was actually really much more enjoyable because I knew it wasn't just going to get schlockier and shittier and not take itself and and, and not deliver on the kills and the scares and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I still think that that's there and well, we'll get to it, but I, I, just, I thought it was more palatable this time. I, I, I think in the scope of everything and knowing it wasn't just going to be like a throwaway movie, I, I feel like it, it had more reverence this time. It has... Quite possibly one of my favorite Chucky moments now, uh, mm. out of out of anything. It's and we use it as a soundbite, and it's when there's the the Glenn and Glenda reveal. Oh, that's good. And that's he's good guessing. Yeah. It's like, oh, is it Glenn? Nope. Guess again, Daddy O. And then it's like, and then it's uh, it's like Glenda, and then it's just like, yep. That's uh, you know, she that's says my something. Name? Don't that's my don't wear it out. And then and then he's and then he goes like shit like are there or like or he says like fuck like the way no, I, that reveal is great I, the I way that he that. says it is so funny it's just, it's brad so dorf can i mean look we've raved about him nonstop, and chucky has some golden one-liners but he can also sell just saying son of a bitch or fuck or whatever it's just hard yeah yeah 
I think also think Redman and Jennifer Tilly are so goddamn funny in this movie and just being willing to poke fun at where both of their careers were at at the time. Like they, I, I don't know. They crack me up. I love how they're just these kind of washed up versions of themselves. I mean, they, they weren't washed up in real life, but they, they, uh, they crack me up on that. I, I, I like it when a celebrity can't, doesn't take themselves too seriously. Well, you know, it didn't take itself too seriously. The number three, your, your third, in, your number three entry down. <laughs> um, let's see if that's true. It's, it's, well, I don't know, it takes itself seriously, but it's, it's also, a, also it's funny. got one of the funniest moments in the franchise, which we also sampled. That is Child's Play 2. That's right. John Lafia, the late John Lafia. My number three, Bride of Chucky. Ronnie Yu. Mac, what's your number three? My number three is Child's Play 2. John Lafia. John Lafia, because he's yeah. funny. Rachel, what's your number three? My number three is Child's Play 2. John Lafia. Mike, you already talked about Child's Play 2, so that means you've got, you're going to have a different number three. What's your third favorite entry? Chucky the TV show. Chucky TV the series. TV show, which of course is a, a USA Sci-Fi Network production. Wow. We have four movies to talk about, <laughs> and we are entering our top two. <laughs> so I like the, the, the diversity of opinion and of thought. Dan, what's your second favorite Child's Play entry? That would be Child's Play 29. No. Just kidding. The original. No. It's the original. You got me. You're looking I at your text the wrong way again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just went back to the bottom of my list. And it's going up. Well, it's time to talk about my second favorite entry of the franchise, which is Child's Play 2. Directed by? Hi. John. <laughs> yeah. That's how, you, that's how you would explain somebody laughing in Spanish. Is Wait, is Lafayette. that why? Because it's your third, Justin? Is that what you said? That's my second favorite. So we're going to talk about it now. We're on our top two. Oh, we're, on play two. we're on top two. That's right. Uh, this, to me, is probably, I think, the, has the best eye, if that makes sense. I think it's got the best look. I think that the style of this movie was adapted going forward more than even another movie we haven't discussed was. Uh, great replay value. I just think... It had to go in this direction. I don't think you could have maintained what happens in the original, and I'm happy it does go in this direction. You kind of you buy into it right away, at least I did. And of course, that's my favorite Brad Dourif line reading of "Park this piece of shit," which is so, which is so, such aggression that <laughs> Mancini could never just you know written down on on the on the page. It had to be said out loud in the way that Dourif says it. Isn't it like a Mercedes he's driving to? <laughs> it's, you know, it's some yuppie executive guy, Greg Germain. I have to ask you guys, mm. one Rachel I know wasn't there for this, but I remember when we all saw that in the theater at the music box and we all just laughed till yes. hysterically. <laughs> My question is, did anyone clock that line as being that funny when no, they were a kid? No, I, remember, I didn't either. Yeah. Rachel, I remember did you? The, us seeing it and no. laughing. Oh. I think it's like, it's the way he says it. That's exactly. <laughs> Park this because well, it's it's a long shot, <laughs> so you don't even see like the, him in the car. You just see the car parking in the lot <laughs> to establish. He's you telling don't even him see to park. the delivery. That's why it's the f- yeah. fucking funny. Well, who was not on this episode? I don't think I was actually. No, it's just me, you, and Randall on this one, Justin. Yeah, That's I, what Randall was on. I wasn't That's on right, this yeah, one. Swear, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, in that case, Mac, have at it. Child's Play Two, which is your uh, number three entry. Why did you have it so high? 
I just, I love it. Like you said, I think it, it really is kind of like the film to which the others are held to stylistically, at least, you know, I mean, the feel of it, I think they've even brought that back to the, the series. Mm-hmm. It, it's where you realize that it can still be scary, but also really funny. Like there's a lot of really funny Chucky moments in it where in the first one, he's not really going for laughs or playing it for laughs. But in the second one, you're just having a good time with this little shit. (laughs) And I think that that finale is fucking fantastic. I love the finale. It's so gruesome and disgusting and it amps it up in the best way. You know, like when they, when they show up at the factory, it's just like, of course it was going to happen, end up here. Yeah. I just don't think they've topped that really well. They're getting there. <laughs> they are getting there. Yeah. Rachel, getting there. I mean, maybe they did get there, honestly, but Rachel. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, now I'm thinking about it. Hashtag the fam of the opera. Uh, Rachel, <laughs> what did you think about Joss Play 2? Yeah, I mean, echoing what Max said, like, Chucky is unhinged in this sequel. And I think it's, like, such a great sequel if you're thinking about, like, this is, you know, so many, you hear about the sophomore slump, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And this came out so strong. It proved really early on that. The people behind this, they knew what this movie was and what it's doing and who this character is. And I mean, it went, yeah, it goes to a toy factory. I mean, this is a movie about a killer doll. So like, yes, they give us that toy factory. Like that's perfection. And I just, I love it. I love, he's so funny and he's so cruel. And I, I think it's interesting also that we see Andy not really have a happy ending. And yeah. I thought that's like that's kind of a brave choice. Like his mom's in an asylum and he's sent off to live with like a foster family. Like that's like sad. <laughs> but I, humor for sure. In that. Yeah, but I, I I appreciate that. Like it's not a candy-coated franchise, and it's just looking at like we're saying, looking at this as a whole, it's interesting to look and kind of recognize those facts so early in the franchise because I think that's something that we're going to see permeate the whole thing. And yeah, poor Andy, but we also get Kyle and yeah. Kyle's great. Toy factory. So Dan, you also had this in your top three. Do you have anything to add besides your love of the, the great now park this piece of shit line? (laughs) I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it's the first Chucky centric entry in many ways because that first one has that whodunit quality, which Mm -hmm. they couldn't replicate. And it's weird because I mean, I love this movie, even though it's not my number one. I think it's weirdly the most rewatchable child's play movie. I can get, but because I can, I its length that. might be the shortest. I'm not sure, but it's short. And it, like y'all were saying, it just hits the ground running from the beginning because we can't rely on this. Oh, well, is it, or isn't it the doll doing it? We just have to start with Chucky and keep escalating from there, which any good sequel should do. Unless you start so big that the, it makes sense to scale back. But I don't think it would have made sense to scale back after the original Child's Play, which is already pretty intimate and insular. But yeah, love Child's Play too. Mike, I know you were on the episode with us, but did you, do you want to add anything else for that? Yeah, I just think this is a bad hang. I, I don't like... Mm. There's something about this movie that's similar to 3 where it's just like... I don't know. I mean, I have it 5, so obviously I like it more than 3. But I never... I mean, I, and I see where it's rewatchable. I think the scenes and the sequences with Chucky are fucking great. I love this, this stuff that happens in the factory. I love the stuff that happens with Beth Grant. But I think one of my issues, especially as a kid watching this, was just like, everyone's so mean. The thing I like about the first one is that at least you care about the characters when they die. And is in this one, it just felt like 
uh, you know, everyone's a shithead. The teacher's an asshole to him. Like Jenny Agutter is kind of a, a shithead to, you know, to, to Andy at some point too. Like it just, it felt like, all right, you got Kyle, but it's just, I don't know. I guess for me as a latchkey kid, there's just something about this movie that didn't seem fun. So I'd just be like, eh, this is, you know, I love the Chucky stuff, but kind of hate hanging out in this foster home. <laughs> it's kind of a fucking drag. Like it is, it's like, fair. it's dour, but I, I think the on the flip side of that coin as an adult watching it now, uh, you know, I like when Chucky goes and kills those people because yeah. they are such shits to him. Yeah, yeah. So it's got a weird balance. But yeah, it wasn't one I was rewatching when I was young. Yeah, that's the but thing. But I will say when we watched it up here at the box, it just took it on a new life for me, I think. But yeah, I hear you. Mac, let's keep hearing you. What's your... <laughs> What's your second? great seg favorite entry? <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate Thank, that. Thanks, Justin. My number two is Chucky TV mm. series, and this TV series is, of course, show run by Don Mancini. Rachel, mm-hmm. what's your second favorite child's play entry? Second favorite entry is Chucky the wow. TV show. Oh, Chucky TV show, show run by Don Mancini. <laughs> Mike. What's your second favorite entry? Oh, it's Pride of Chucky. Pride of Chucky. Now, <laughs> Rachel, were you on this episode? Yes, I was because. Oh, I mean, the soundtrack. I mean, alone. The yeah. soundtrack yeah, alone that's right. Go ahead. is amazing. But like, okay, I'm not always a fan when a franchise makes a really hard pivot. Mm-hmm. But this one really worked for me. And I think, I mean, it still feels authentic. You know, Chucky's always been funny. He's always been a dick. But here, I feel like it's just turned up a notch, and I love it. But also, it would not be as high on my list if it was not for Miss Tilly. Tiffany Valentine is, like, she's crucial, and she holds this whole film together and makes up for all the boring side characters. The humans. The humans. Like, don't care about the humans, but Tiffany plus Chucky equals perfection, and I dare say the introduction of her character in this movie makes everything that comes after it possible. I think that it was exactly the injection of energy and spunk that this franchise needed. And so Tiffany Valentine is the MVP of this film. But also, yeah, God, it's just, it's so fun. Well, it gives it a quality that the first three didn't have, which was a camp quality to it. And like you said, it's because of the introduction of Tiffany. Mm -hmm. Mike, you had this the highest. Yeah. Number I love two. I know you've always loved this one, so go ahead. Yeah, I. this is one of my favorite theater experiences as a teen. Um, I talked a, a lot about it on the two-part episode we did, which is just that it was part of that high that we all were experiencing from, like, Halloween H2O. And for me, it was, you know, certainly even before with, you know, all, actually for all of us with, like, Scream, Scream 2. And just it just felt like, wow, like, these, they're icon, like, so to get an icon to come back to, like Michael Myers in that same span, because it was like, what, August 5th? It was H2O, and then this was Rick around October, I believe. This it was, was just my a, birthday, smack in the middle of right in halfway point of spooky season. It was just, it was just such a fun time. And so, <laughs> you know, looking back, shut up. <laughs> you little shit. Just slip it in there. Yeah, you little shit. That was like a Chucky, uh, yeah. What I said in the episode, I think it was like, I said it was like my favorite Chucky movie because you can't really say that with Child's Play. 
And I think with this one, it's like they, it, they finally decided to be like, all right, you know, it, who cares about the adults? Because the Catherine Heigl and whatever the hunk's name is, they, it doesn't matter. What we care about is just being able to watch the, you know, the dolls here and they give it in spades. And I, I, th- I think I also call it like the funniest horror comedy of all time. I still stand by that. I think it's, I think this movie is hilarious. And I think that the script is just really fucking solid with, especially for the dolls, especially for the little moments they give. Like if you want to, I mean, I know that two has the park, this piece of shit, but like when you think about the personality quirks that Chucky has, they really do come from this movie of just like him actually like feeling like a, a little human being. We're dolls. dolls. I love that one. And like when he's like crawling and then just decides to give the finger to the guy, like it's just so stupid. Like I fucking love it. And like, that was my wish is, you know, forever was just to just give me the doll. Cause I mean, even with child's play too, I I love the Chucky moments and child's play three. I love the Chucky moments. And I was just like, I don't want really care about the humans anymore. Just give me the doll. And this does. So yeah, I love this. It's it's a testament to this movie that we all have it high on our lists, at least the upper half, because of the fact that the human characters in this movie are so disposable that we don't really care when they get disposed of at all. You know, (laughs) either they're good, either they're, Bad good characters or bad bad characters. Although John Ritter is always great, he's probably the best, most interesting human in the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Who else wasn't on this episode though? I don't uh, think I was. Sure. I don't think Dan was. Maybe. No, yeah, I, I, I remember listening to it, but I don't think I was on it. Well, Dan, you actually have this at number five. So, did you have anything to add on this then? Yeah, I still love Bride of Chucky, and I, I don't think we had the show Chucky without it. I mean, I I think I mean Mancini and you and everyone else who worked on it gets credit for. You know, oh, throwing when you it in said you, direction. I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> you, Justin, you know, you were, um, yeah, you were the script you, supervisor. Justin right? Gerber. You were yes. the best boy, best oh. boy grip on the... <laughs> oh, that's, my next, the, that's my nickname for next shoot. season. I do think, and I feel this way about Seed a little bit too, some of the more late 90s, early 2000s, like topical humor, not even topical humor, just aesthetic fall, sometimes just Pulls becomes like a layer for me a little bit like ah like that's in the, but i don't know i feel like that's maybe an unfair knock just because i mean you almost have to look at like a period piece in that kind of way right <laughs> yeah, it, it, you uh, know, honestly no for it real, is a period like, piece it's a quarter of a century ago yeah like i mean it's the same way i think i i feel like when i was a kid i was like oh 70s movies look like this and it's like no now i love the way 70s movies look Absolutely. so i mean I, I don't really have anything legitimately negative to say about it i it's responsible for everything we have today with the child's play franchise I just, uh, yeah, just a, f- a few of the just aesthetic choices are like, I don't know. I feel weird even saying that though. Cause it's like, su- it's such a good movie and I love, I know what it is. I love when it relies more on the 50 40s, fifties, universal monster classic tropes. That's mm-hmm. just more interesting to me, which it does a lot in the graveyard scene. And even the whole conceit of creating a bride for Chucky. I think that's just more interesting than some of the more gothic tinged aesthetics that come from the late nineties, but I still love this fucking movie. It's great. And I, I totally agree. It's a, a hysterical child's play film. I don't think of the child's play movies that lean more comedic. And I would count the show a little bit in that, even though the show is very dark, I don't think any of them miss. Like, I think the humor for mm-hmm. the most part really works mm-hmm. with the exception yeah. of like the Britney Spears thing and seed. Probably. Yeah. That's a I rough one. Most, yeah. That's, yeah. That one's a little, yeah, yeah. but everything else I, I actually think as far as jokes go work really well which is not easy in horror comedies. Right. Mac? Yeah, I, I, I just want to echo Mike. I think this really does feel like Chucky. We get Chucky. And it's not because we just get Chucky. Is that, is that mm-hmm. Tiffany Valentine gives us Charles Lee Ray, you know, like mm-hmm. 
we get to see Chucky be yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Charles Lee Ray and uh, with her interactions and he's not talking to some kid he doesn't know you know what I mean he's just gets to be himself in the doll and it's full on ridiculous <laughs> and and because it knows what it's doing and it's poking fun at itself I think and it walks that line really well right like I I, I don't know it just worked for me when I saw this in the theaters and I was really excited about it I that's why I have it at number four for me. It's I still think it's really entertaining. Yeah, Richard. yeah. I I also have a confession, you guys, that the CD has been in my car CD player since we covered. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Living Disney, well, Rachel Reed. You're saying through the summer it's and fall, there. and in, in in the spooky season of October. It's yes. been in your CD player in your car. That's unbelievable. Yeah, like when you there. when you head to work or like when you leave work, do you like Blair Living Dead Girl? Like when Jennifer Tilly gets in the car and leaves in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and Power Man Five Thousand. Yeah, I get oh, the yeah. whole zombie family involved. And yeah. yeah, can we yeah. once again pull up the band? We're running through this episode a pretty good clip. Can we pull up the the <laughs> band members of Power Man Five Thousand again? I always love to go over the, <laughs> sure. the band. Yeah. band oh members. yeah, open. Okay. All right, who wants all to start? Members? Oh, wow, okay. Well, do you want current or previous? There's oh, many. Oh, let's hear them all. Well, of course. Spider One. Yeah. Great. That's Rob Zombie's is, brother. No that's joke. Rob Zombie's brother. <laughs> yes, yes. Merv Three. Merv Three. <laughs> DJ Rattan? <laughs> or Rattan? <laughs> um, There's Taylor Haycraft. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dan Mike Shiz. Tempesta. That's yeah, yeah, Rachel, you take a few. Wait, Mark? are you thinking? Uh, are you trying to think of Static X? No, no, no. The nicknames. A lot of, a lot of the people in Paramount Five Thousand have nicknames. Siggy zero zero, Siggy double zero. Oh god, these all F. have these all sound like names that would be like in Counter Strike back in like the late nineties. <laughs> like you're playing the game. It's like, oh god damn it! Like fucking Mez three got me or whatever his name is. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, these 80, are aim, these eighty-seven. Are yeah. <laughs> Wait, wait. What was that? Eighty-seven. This must be a Minnesota Twins. Must be a Minnesota Twins fan because they won the World the, Series in 1987. This is the best one. There's scissors, but the two S's. <laughs> we don't get this. The two S's yes. in the middle are spelled with fives, so it's, mm-hmm. it's like set, the movie Seven, but with scissors so and the number five. So, survivors, is survivor? Uh, is that the joke? Oh, maybe mm, survivor. I guess you're right. That's too clever Wait, for scissors. Survivors. X fifty one. Yeah. Do you think that's a play on X-15? I think it's the 50th sequel to X-Men. There's Velcro with a K. <laughs> Velcro with a K. <laughs> no, somebody, what was, I, I think we skipped over a really good one. See, uh, Dorian, Tw- a lot of them just have oh, numbers. Oh, no, my joke was that the guy who named himself Scissors shouldn't run with them. Oh, God. Any any other ones that we, can, that we need to go over? I shouldn't uh, play guitar with them either, but uh, anyway. I just love how amongst those that were scissor hands over amongst all those names are Jordan Cohen, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then there's Ryan 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 yeah. Hernandez. You know, it's just like normal. Yeah. Ty Oliver. Here in are references to Power Man Five Thousand. Argue at least for there's no way we're going to talk about them next year. I assure you. Although you honestly, challenge maybe they maybe they do show up in Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> I was going to say those those are very, very possible. possible. Yeah. Great. Yeah, we're going to hold off on that. Okay. We are now entering our number one favorite entries. Dan, what's your number one? And 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 by the way, talk about it. Chucky, the TV show. It's my number one. I put it above everything else, including the original movie and mm-hmm. two and all of that, just for the scope of it and the fact that it is just still making slam dunks. 
I had no idea what the first half of the season was going to be like coming back from the strike and having a truncated cutoff and everything. That fan with the opera shit just mm. tipped it over. Incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. I can't believe they're doing this. Still I laughing. keep expecting it to not plummet, <laughs> but just get a little stale or not know what it's doing. And it's like, they just keep all the balls in there at all times. I mean, the intricacy in the plot is pretty astounding at this point with mm-hmm. all like that birthday party episode with, Jennifer Tilly and Joe Pantoliano. Oh, it's and, so good. Oh. oh my gosh. Like I, I can't believe they're pulling something like that off while still delivering on traditional scares and giving you enough of Chucky. But at this point too, I mean, Tiff slash Jennifer Tilly, Nika, even Glenn and Glenn. I mean, everyone's kind of a Chucky for you. Well, I shouldn't say that. Chucky's always going to be, he's gonna, always going to be my number one, but I feel like every, there's so many things to look forward to every episode of that show. And I just would never have imagined it. I just, can't believe where they've gone with it. I'm really excited for it to come back for next year. So, and, and once again, no disrespect to any of the other films, which I love. No disrespect. No disrespect. No, no disrespect, but none of them are doing what this is the finest. <laughs> They're all great. I will say the thing that Mancini's, the thing that Mancini's been able to accomplish that even our, that basically every other franchise that we've covered is unable to do is he can literally do anything he wants now. And I'm not going to really bat an eye. If he decided, because of all the ma- the magic involved in the show, that he wants to transport Chucky back to like 1970s New York, yes, I'm in, which that would sounds be awesome. excellent. I'm in. You're for it. He's teased, he, meets ma- he meets Maniac. He's teased doing like a murder <laughs> on the Orient Express, like a train episode. I mean, you can do God, whatever you that. want to do. Uh, Mike, you were not on this episode, so if you want to, I know you also love the show a lot. So if you want to say your piece, oh my yeah. God, wait, everybody, oh, man. you can't see this at home. But Mac has changed his Zoom background to Chucky and the Phantom of the, the Opera. Phantom outfit. of the Ch- or Chucky of the Opera. Oh, God, watch that out, is Mac. so fucking funny. All right, Mike, go ahead. <laughs> I fell in love with the series just by being able to binge two and three together. I, you know, I had, mm-hmm. I had missed two last year because I was, I had watched the first season when it was on Peacock. And I, at first, wasn't crazy about this show when I first started because I remember getting review screeners back when it first premiered. And I remember thinking like, eh, I don't know if I really want like a teen drama and this and stuff. And then, you know, as I got like by the third episode, I was just like, all right, I know where he's going with this. And I loved it. And like, even on rewatching, I was like, okay, I'm in. Cause Sammy had the same issues with like beginning. I was just like, I don't care about this. The, the, the characters just give me more Chucky. And I get what, why it had to, you know, bleed it all in. Cause that's pretty much how the franchise worked. But it's just what you said. It's like, it's the sandbox is so unbelievable now that it's, I'm all game for anything. Like, yeah, if he, if he like found a fucking DeLorean and it was like on the <laughs> lot or something and he uses it oh. to time travel, I'm all in. I'm absolutely all in. And I can't stress it enough because I, I feel bad I didn't say it, but you, you, you mentioned Tiffany being introduced in Bride of Chucky, but like Jennifer Tilly might be the best addition to a franchise yeah. I, I, like ever. ever? Yeah. Sure, I mean, yeah. she's fucking yeah, unreal. It's just wild how much they're able to extrapolate from that because with that you get not only a great character in Tiff, but like all this stuff with the Jennifer Tilly lore and the fact they brought in Meg Tilly, which is fucking insane. <laughs> it's so good. It's just, I, I, I can't name any other franchise that has done something like this. And so, yeah, I've, I really fell in love with the show. And I think the core three characters are really fun. Very, very interested to see where they go with this. And, you know, when they, if it was any other show, 
any other show and they're like, oh, yeah, this next season's going to take place at the White House. It'd be like, oh, my God. Like, God damn it. Yeah, I've been there, done that, right? Yeah, but like, or it's just like, all right, you're getting too overboard. But no, it was it's even better. And somehow seems more grounded than some of the stuff that has happened previously in this show. So it's just like, I don't know. They're pulling it off. They keep pulling it off. And I'm I'm just blown away. Yeah, yeah. Rachel. Okay, so first, I, I'm in complete awe of this show just for all the reasons you guys have said. And, you know, there's so many other properties, films, TV shows, whatever, that fail to do what this silly TV show about a killer doll has done. Like, it efficiently captures the spirit and the essence of Chucky while, like, paying sincere tribute. You know, not like jokey tribute, but like a sincere tribute to everything that came before it. But yet it still manages to move the franchise forward in a genuinely fresh way. And that's... Those are a lot of boxes to check, and it does that, and I think that's amazing. And I don't know where else to say this, but Jennifer Tilly, that episode of her birthday party in the TV show, Mm. so one of the ladies there, Sutton, is a real housewife of Beverly Hills, and... So she, she, but she's also best friends with Jennifer Tilly. So it's like the crossover of my dreams because on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you get Jennifer Tilly as like comes in kind of like a recurring best friend all the time. Oh, really? And so it's like this oh, weird crossover it's even more of things. Meta than I knew it was. It's yes. And so it's amazing. And so I loved that they brought that world into this one. And I, but that just speaks to what this show is doing. Like it's up for anything. Yeah, like, sure, yeah. you want to bring your Beverly Hills housewife best friend onto the show? Bring her on. We'll put her in this amazing episode. And, and of course, it's, you know, it's just wild. <laughs> that was a Bravo show. And I think Bravo is, is run mm-hmm. by Universal Studios. So that makes sense. Oh, all as right. Well. There you go. There that you go. makes sense. Yeah. And convenient. Also, this young cast, I didn't like, like Lexi, the character, just what they were able to do with her and make right. her like she was so awful for the first half of the first season. And now she's such an integral part of this entire show and I just I adore her and her arc and all of these characters and to you know go toe to toe with Jennifer Tilly and all these other established characters and I think still hold their own right. pretty well that's really impressive and I will follow this show and this franchise wherever they want to go because they have proven themselves that they can they can do it so yeah, I'm sorry MGM it. Now, Mac, did you have anything to add before we move on to our number ones about? Oh, just the show? that you know, it was it was neck and neck. But I think because of the unknown factor, you know, if season three ends up being it, I don't know. This could easily become my number one. But I do feel like it was number two for me because it's ongoing. You just don't know. I mean, yeah. season four could. I, I I don't think it would because I I have nothing but faith in this because it's just blown me away, especially this season first half of the season though we don't even know how yeah. it's going to end yeah true <laughs> it could be a disaster you know we still yeah. know but the thing is with this series though and, and and what i love about it is you know we've got the bride of frankenstein now we've got family of the opera <laughs> i mean to full fruition i just i'm like keep keep going like keep touch t- touching on all of the universal monsters and like solidify yourself and <laughs> you know just in a way it's just it's the, so the, the, the... <laughs> Well, they could. He could be. He could be wrapped up. Or uh, maybe, yeah. Next season, you know. I, I don't there want to. There are no good movies, as I say. say but, there are no good movies yeah. with the word "mummy" in the title in the history of movies, in my opinion. 
Not what? true. Not, oh, not true. Brendan Fraser. Oh, no, not Come good. On. Bad. <laughs> oh, that's a good man. The movie's Bad. awesome. Big to nah. differ. I, the hammer is mummy. Hammer. That's hammer's the mummy is great. Eh, this got the whole flashback in the middle. It's so boring. I don't, I don't know, you guys. Nah. That one with Tom Cruise is actually now we're now we're cooking. <laughs> hey, uh, the movie's not great, but. I appreciate some of the swings in that movie. <laughs> what about, isn't there in a, and nope, we count this a movie, isn't there nope. an episode of R.L. Stein's Goosebumps of Curse of the Mummy's Tomb? An episode? Uh, this isn't, this isn't Nick, this isn't, this isn't Snick, Dan, all right? I think, I think the, uh, podcast, the Halloween's <laughs> podcast. I think the uh, Hammer Mummy is quite excellent. Uh, no. Curse of Frankenstein's great, but we're not, we're not here to talk about Curse of Frankenstein. But Dan, I have to tell you something. My favorite Entry. I'm just talking to you. The uh, other three. Like, wait a minute. Mute. Mute the call. <laughs> My favorite child's play entry is Tom Holland's 1988 child's play. Mac, what's your favorite entry? It is child's play, 1983. Wow, 83. Which one was this? <laughs> that is the one I, I, I was just I'm, I, I, I was just thinking about my birth my birth year. <laughs> oh, I thought you were looking at this. What happened? Entry I, or something I, like that. <laughs> Fall to Psycho too. Well, see, I'm. I'm. What happened was Psycho really two. is. Let me just say, Chuck, you did find the DeLorean. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There is a movie uh, that took place in '83. Now, oh my God, what if they did that and it's all about just Charles Lee Ray, like oh, and all oh, of his murders? Not, you know, I know we get it in the show, but it's. I mean, I'm, like, looking, I'm of... like, I'm like looking at the heavens, like pondering this. <laughs> I just like, had an image, if only, of Chucky traveling back in time, like ninety or hundred years, like Prohibition. <laughs> and him walking around with like a pinstripe tuxedo yes. and like a Tommy yeah. gun. Like on Boardwalk I, just, Empire. Oh yeah. my God. I mean, <laughs> Steve Buscemi, Buscemi you can rip off this idea. I have, go for it. Please, please. It's like, All right. He's like, oh I, I want to get that goddamn Elliot Ness. That just like a little, little cigarette out of his mouth. Just have know? a season yeah. where Chucky gets hit in the head and then the whole season is, is a dream, but he thinks he's in the 1920s. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be a good. A doll dreaming, too. It's even funny. Which he does dream. To be fair, he, he does have a nightmare or a dream yeah. about killing Andy. All right, uh, Rachel, speaking of Andy, what's your favorite child's play entry? My, my favorite is the OG hmm. child's play, 1988. Well, put a pin in it because, Mike, take that pin out and talk about your favorite <laughs> entry of the child's play series. Oh, it's Mr. Holland's uh, opus. other opus. Opus? Yeah. <laughs> he is, Mr. Is, Holland's opus has popped up across the I know, because we, we so talked about it. It's great. I have been Be- waiting all hey, night to say this. Beautiful boy. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful toy. Good Andy. I mean, <laughs> this isn't Andy. a... It's, it's, it's such a... It's such a night and day sort of situation. And I don't mean Tom Cruise, even though we were just talking about the mummy. Because it's it's so... It's miles apart from everything that comes after mm-hmm. it even the second one i mean it, it's a serious movie it's like it's played for it's not played for laughs even though there are laughs in it like you know we all love to do the the doll the doll the doll and and the there doll? are there are the some doll? moments that that chucky is funny he's just like uh you know uh he's like fuck you in the elevator but i still find <laughs> this i still find this like genuinely scary yeah. parts yeah. and i think a large part of that is is certainly holland's direction Holland's direction in this is really sharp. Reminds me of kind of just it almost feels like a seventies movie at times. And I mm-hmm. I just kind of love the 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 crisp like Chicago freezing landscape that's there. I think Bill Butler did a f- fucking awesome job with the cinematography too. Mm-hmm. And then again, it's it's the Joe Renzetti score, like the score that I 
I think I said off episode, but it it just reminds me so much of Black Christmas and the way it has that reverberation and it almost it, it sounds like an air conditioning, but like this it menacing sounds like air conditioning. Is strumming their fingers on piano chords. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And it, it just adds so like I'll never forget when I was a kid watching it. And I th- and I think it was a mixture of all of that. And then just the way Chucky looks in this movie is really haunting. Especially when he's burnt at the end. It's like, you know, it's still funny when he gets blown away and his fucking whole body gets flying up Slow in the motion, air. Yeah. It's so funny. But like everything before that and even after it, when he comes back, it's still frightening. And then the 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 head just sitting there, the way it ends with the freeze frame. It's chilling stuff. And I think, I don't think it's ever going to move for me. I think this is always going to be, this is, I think, one of my favorite franchise movies of all time. So I just, mm-hmm. it's, I just don't see it moving. Even as great, even as much as I love Chucky, the TV show, I just think this is, this is the OG. I don't know if it's Holland's best. I think Fright Night is probably his best still, but it, it's, 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 it's kind there. of a toss up. It's a toss yeah. up. Yeah. Well, Rachel, you weren't on this episode and you've got number one yeah. too. So what is it about it that, that really stands out for you? I mean, just like Michael said, like it's a vibe, this yeah. movie, and it feels dangerous. Yeah. And I'm also just a sucker for a good procedural. <laughs> and, you know, Alex Vincent, too. Like, yeah. uh, he just is always able. I've seen that like a million times, but when he gets sad and stuff, like it just, just, just penetrates my cold black heart and always makes me tear up. Like he's such a good child actor and he's so cute and sweet. So just like every goddamn time he gets to me, I think it looks great. Like that mm. scene of the, you know, the babysitter falling, <laughs> like uh, yeah. it, it looks amazing. And Chucky looks amazing. And yeah, I love the score. It's every time I watch it, I'm impressed and I'm reminded of how much I, I love it. And I think that that's a real testament to how good it is, is that I can see it a million times. And I'm always like, God, I always forget how good this is. Like, I think this is the best actual film mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Right. If that makes sense. And so, like, I, I think just everything about this is just a step above and a bit more uh, <laughs> prestigious, shall ah, we say. Ah, prestige. Prestige horror. Yeah. So I just, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing, and yeah, number one. Dan, I, I know it's your number; it's your second favorite. You weren't on the first episode either, so yeah. how, how do you feel about that movie? Fucking so sucks. High. Number <laughs> two, <laughs> shit. it's number two shit. for a reason. Like <laughs> no, love child's play. I love how cold this movie is. I always yes. forget about that until I rewatch it. I'm like, oh, it's it like an awesome Chicago, Chicago winter horror movie, and mm. I think what it is for me is because knowing what comes. I mean, it's it's my number two. I still love it, obviously. But I think knowing what comes later with Chucky, it makes the whodunit aspect interesting to me, but I am kind of waiting for it to get to Chucky when I rewatch it. I think, I think that's the only reason it's number two and not number one. I, it's interesting that my top two are what we currently have and what started all right. I mean, they almost yeah. work together. It's wild to watch that first one and think of how it all comes full circle. So still love it. Yeah. And I, I love a horror film that can implement, implement the snow like that. It is Christmas, right? Because he he gets it for Christmas, yeah. or no? It's his birthday. It's, it's around his birthday. It's, it's, it's a late birthday, but it's, it's around Christmas time. It's Christmas stuff around, yeah, for sure. Makes it, he's one of those kids who does anyone hear of their birthday on Christmas? I don't think so. Well, Sammy, sure not, right? Sammy's is December eleventh, which is. I know, she's did always, she, did she's she ever get that? It. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say she, as a kid, it's probably it. like, ah, yeah. It's one more one more knock at Andy. It's like yeah. oh, you have a Christmas time birthday too. Yeah. My I, girlfriend's I, is always Thanksgiving weekend. Mm. So Does she not like that either? No, because like, a lot of time her friends would be on Thanksgiving vacation. Somewhere. Overshadowed. Yeah. And Sammy, obviously, with Christmas, it's like the 
you know, because in many ways, you're like, oh, I get two presents for the price of one. I'm like, no, you don't. No. It, no. And even now, I'm like, I have to distinguish it. I have to be like, all right, well, yeah. these are your Christmas presents. And, and your you're going to like it. And you're going to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, here's your Chucky doll. Here's your Tiffany doll. One's for birthday. One's for Christmas. I mean, Justin, you have the best birthday of, of the five of us, I I, I agree. October I 16th? I, I think no, I Max got pretty birthday. good because Max kicks off the summer. His is June 21st. But growing up, you didn't get to celebrate your birthdays at school like me. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's well, the thing. I that's didn't, true. Yeah, I, have a I will say, I, I look at it oh, as yeah, like, not, same there's, you, not, there's not, you know, six months that go by before I'm having a, another party. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like yeah. halfway halfway through the year is like another yeah. Christmas for me. It is a good point. Yeah, because you do get to break up the year. I agree. For the yeah, halfway yeah. to Halloween, but halfway to Mackenzie, you know? <laughs> but Child's Play. <laughs> I, no, but Rachel. I got to say... <laughs> No, Mac, yeah, you're no, your number one. Just to echo that, yeah, it's so solid. I mean, if this didn't exist, you don't you don't get all these other tries and all this, this the longevity of this. Like, there's a reason why they, they continued the franchise and because they had such a solid, solid first movie. I mean, I, it's funny because it has gotten so comedic and so zany and wild and pushed the envelope and pushed the envelope, but... You know, I, I put some of the scares in this like up there with with any other franchise. Like the, mm-hmm. the battery reveal yeah. is terrifying, and that's not even a. It's just a revelation. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the, the way it's done is just so smart. Just that scene when he's stalking Andy, just mm-hmm. you know, in the hall, just slowly creeping towards him. You know, I, I don't know. I just and I watched this when I was you know young, older than Andy, but pretty young, and so you know even him being blown away at the end by the gun like that that didn't terrify me i mean that terrified me as a kid it doesn't now but as a kid i still felt like the whole thing the burning body mm-hmm. the the you know want to play and it just mm-hmm. like that weird offbeat last line it's just oh it stuck with me and still sticks with me and anytime i rewatch it it still makes me feel uneasy you know and i think that that's that's such a good mark of of a of great filmmaking and it's it's just so not that anymore <laughs> to an extent, but I think that's wild that you're able to capture both of that and still be incredibly good. I mean, my top two things is the the series, which I think is wildly different than this uh-huh. film, you know, and that, and that speaks volumes of just what they've been able to do with it. Yeah, I just love it. Uh, Tom Holland's one. weird, that run of, he wrote Psycho 2, wrote and directed Fright Night, and then co-wrote and directed... Child's Play is underrated. Well, also Class of 84 fucking rules. And Class of 84, which he wrote too, right? Yeah. Rules. Jesus, well, what a run. And Cloak and Dagger too, which is also good. Anyway, sorry. Can, can, yeah. can, we, uh, can we talk about Holland for a second? Because I, yeah. I, I, when I was doing a lot of research from over the summer when we did our, our interview live at Midsummer Fest, which unfortunately the audio just did not come out great for it. It's just unfortunate because it was a great, it was a really fun time. But I, I guess it's like heresy to say this, but like, I think it's kind of fucking bullshit that he gets thrown thrown away from this franchise. I really do. Well, the thing is, he, he a lot of his ideas have lived on. He was the one that came up with the supernatural voodoo yep. curse and the Dambala and all that, which Mancini and Kirshner were initially really out on, but have fully embraced as the years have gone on instead yeah. of trying try, instead of distancing themselves the from it. So, but yeah, go ahead. I just, but I that, that's why I loved the the first episode. Because I feel like you really did get down to the the nitty gritty on just how important he has been for this franchise, mm-hmm. and I just don't think he gets the recognition 
at least under child's play, like everyone always kind of, you know, floats up the, obviously Fright Night and, and then, you know, to the Psycho, right? The Psycho 2 writing, but like, this is huge. Like, and, and I, and I think that his vision and especially as a director and certainly what he added to the screenplay, because you can see the differences and especially based on the screenplays that he wrote throughout the eighties, I'm thinking particularly about class of 84 is that this has this, this sort of edge and it has an edge of someone that, that was cut from like sixties and seventies filmmaking. And I think that's really important distinction. And I think that not enough people applaud it. I think they might've, I think they did certainly in the eighties, but I think since Mancini has done such an incredible job in terms of expanding this universe, the shadow has certainly been, you know, he's been shadowed a little bit over it. And I think that's, I just think that's fucking, I think it's bullshit. Like the Holland's, if it starts here and this is still what I consider the, the watermark, uh, you know, for, in terms of, you know, the films at least, I, I don't know. I just think that he should get some, get a little bit more spotlight. On I this. think in the mid eighties, I think that Mancini, you know, had the bones of the story. And I think yeah. that Holland brought it to life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it was taken, obviously it went in different directions after he left, but I don't know if we'd be talking about this if some other person directed Child's Play. Yeah. And who knows what would have happened with the series, but... I mean, uh, yeah. to, to Mancini's credit, you could never do this again, no. which is why everything that follows after this is, is genius in my part, I, 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 what I think. I think the way that Mancini has been able to take this and keep it going, keep it going, he's kind of an anomaly when it comes to franchising right now mm-hmm. because no one thinks out of the box like he does. But I still just would love it like if there was still some respected like Holland who was pretty crucial in, in a lot of ways in this, this original one. And I just, I think over the years is kind of, as I've seen in a lot of the, the discourse about the franchise, he, his name, I rarely see it. And I'm like, it's kind of staggering. Well, that's why they made podcasts. So we get to talk about it all and make sure that everybody is included who deserves to be included. But I do agree with you on that, Mike. And like you said, we do talk, if you have, if you've listened to the episode, we do talk a lot about that in the first episode, a lot, there's a lot about the, the pre-production of this movie a lot more than maybe you think there is. Well, it's time to reveal Halloweenies averaged out rankings for the series. Now, one of you, once again, matches perfectly with the rankings. So are we ready to run this down? Yeah. Number nine, Child's Play three with an average of 8.6 out of nine. (laughs) Tough beat. Number eight, Child's Play 2019. Not, maybe it wasn't the year of Clevberg after all. <laughs> With an average of an eighth place to finish. Number seven. Which is actually tied with our number six entry. So number seven is Seed of Chucky. Number six, Cult of Chucky. Both averaged out to 6.4 mm. overall. Number five, Hearse of Chucky which averaged out to 5.2 in the overall rankings. Number four, Bride of Chucky, with a pretty definitive average of 3.6 in the rankings. And just beating that out was Child's Play 2 at number three, with a 3.2 ranking overall. Number two, Child's Play, I'm sorry, Chucky, the TV show, the 2.4 Ranking and then number one, Child's Play 1988 with a 1.2. And that ranking mirrors Rachel 
Oh, you're who had the exact same one, <laughs> which I don't think has ever happened before. I don't think now, so. Now I will say, if you look at tie-breaking scenarios, technically Seed of Chucky beats Cult of Chucky because Cult okay, of Chucky well, had a lower median. Oh, well, then this is shit. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of in terms of just going down alphabetically, rip it right out of my know, hands. Sorry, <laughs> Rachel, but you know, close enough. But they were definitely tied, so yeah. you know, you can't get that. Well, you were putting a crown on, and uh, we had to. Oh yeah, we quickly <laughs> take this away from. Well, we had to behead you, on me and Marie like, Antoinette actually, style. No. <laughs> All right. Well, that is officially a wrap on the Child's Play entries. Again, next year at some point, we will be talking about the back half of season three of Chucky. Can't wait for that. And so again, all of you out there listening, thanks again for joining us for season six of Halloweenies. Jesus. But listen, this this does not mean our year is over, okay? Because we've got a lot of stuff that just got released. We've got a lot of stuff coming up, including our Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 commentary that uh, Dan, Mike, and I participated in. That commentary is available on our Patreon. And if you've not subscribed yet, I implore you to. It's patreon.com slash Halloweenies pod. We've got hundreds of additional hours of content for you on that pod and on that special feed. It's really, really worth the investment. You'll never run out. Well, we keep pumping it out every single month, so you'll never run out. And on that same Patreon feed later this month, we're going to be giving you yet another deep dive on a Black Christmas movie. That's right. Another Black Christmas film. Is this the year? I don't know, but we're definitely talking about a black Christmas movie. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> and on this, <laughs> on this main feed, we still have a 50-minute casual chat on William Peter Blatty, a.k.a. well, also William Freakins, The Exorcist, to celebrate the film's 50th anniversary that's going to be on its way. And to top it all off, we'll be offering up our 10 best horror movies of 2023 to close out the year. Mike... Just as busy over there on the old Losers Club. I know we're still uh, in, in, in Texas, right? So what's going on yeah. over there for the rest of the month? Well, by the time this is out, we have had half of our coverage for 11-22-63 that's available. And we've got three more episodes coming up. And the rest of them include all of the Halloween. So we got, you know, Caffrey's coming back for the last one. Uh, Rachel will be on the fourth episode. And I believe you're on the fifth, Justo, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's been a hell of a run, and I'm really excited just at all the, I don't know, the work that's gone into this, especially Randall's being able to do all these interviews, too, with it. It's just been an awesome series and feels kind of like a weirdly enough swan song in a way, like with just our coverage in general. Like, I don't know if I'll ever dedicate this type of coverage again to another Stephen King book, but... Uh, it's been a fun. It's been a fun time. I, but knowing what we're going into for Halloweenies, I uh, doesn't look like there's gonna be much reprieve uh, for, <laughs> for, for Mr. No, no. Rothman. No, no. Yeah. I'm we're not going into hypersleep. But let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> more like hyperdrive. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Rachel, what's going on over on the Girls and the Boys podcast? Yeah, me and Jen Adams are cranking through the boys series and are super excited. Season four is coming and we are so excited. We just wrapped up season two and we'll be heading into season three. So timing might actually work out, which will be pretty cool. So we'll see. I love it when it works out like that. I know. Well, yeah, I mean, we say that now. We'll see, I guess. Famous last words for Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You can find that podcast over on the Anatomy of a Scream pod network. I know Max's been on a couple episodes over there. Oh, yeah. He's our Superman boy. So he's going to come back for all those. I'm on Superman 2. So I was 
thrilled to talk about Superman. You know, Justin, don't worry. We're holding a spot for you when we cover Supergirl. Oh, my favorite Jeanette Zvark movie, who, of course, also directed (laughs) Jaws 2, which I'd be happy to talk about. Yeah, I will say, since you you are doing The Boys, you should do Superboy, the 1980s Salkin TV series. Okay. Keep that in mind. Three three seasons. Dan or Mac, do you have anything to cover that would be pertinent to re- relaying on the podcast? I was going to say Copland, because uh, there's a character whose nickname is Supermoding Copland? Yeah. <laughs> James Mangold's Copland. There's, there's a character yeah, Superboy. There's a character Superboy in that. Superboy. Michael just Rappaport. watched it. Copland. Michael Rappaport. Mm. Just watched it for the first time, and that movie <laughs> rules. Yeah, it's, it's really good. What do we do? We want a little teaser for next year, I guess. Or I mean, we, like, we've already announced it, but yeah, we let's have, go ahead. Yeah. We're doing the Alien film series next year, and that's including the first four films that came out in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. We're also covering the Alien versus Predator movies, and we're covering yeah. the prequels, Prometheus and Alien Covenant, which knock on wood, supposedly. God Almighty! Now this was announced though, uh, leading into September's release, I believe, of Fede Alvarez's Alien film, and then I'm assuming the TV show will be coming out in 2025 at this point. But we, I think it'll be 25. God help us, please, please, Mahali, 2025. (laughs) Give us a break. So yeah, it's and we're gonna be having months. We're we're, we've already started planning out who's hosting certain episodes because these are gonna be. At least the first few movies are going to be multi-part episodes. There's no mm-hmm. way we're going to be able to cover these films in one in one go. So, I mean, what else can we add to that, Mike? I mean, there's going to be a lot of content. People hate the word content, but it is what it is. It's content. It is. I, I mean, we've been kind of teasing in the sense too that it's that our Raiders run or with Indiana Jones, like the Fortune of Glory episodes, which Dial of Destiny we just dropped over the weekend. So because it's on yeah. the Mouse House Plus, we that was our basically training wheels for this because right. it was the probably the the deepest research I think any of us had ever done for a movie episode of this type, because there's so much history that's involved in that. And the same type of commitments can be insistent upon for these, the, the, at least the first three alien movies. And that I was mean, on top of our season. Yes. <laughs> we were already doing yeah, this so. was our side project. So now we get to just dedicate ourselves to this. Yeah. So it's going to be that much, that's that, that much more in depth. Well, the mm-hmm. thing is also you have to figure in that, especially the first four films and the the breadth of those filmmakers' filmographies yep. yeah. are just, they're more vast than, you know, God bless the directors Smart. of like, you know, Friday 13th part five, but you know, mm-hmm. there's just a lot more to talk about when it comes to like, you know, David Fincher or Jean-Pierre <laughs> Jeanette or, you know, these people Every, like Ridley everybody. Scott or James Cameron, a bunch of no names, you know, we'll be really be talking yes. to them. And of course, the great Paul W. Anderson, who really brought it all back for Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> Mac, anything to plug, or should we go ahead and wrap this up? Let's wrap it up. Well, in that case, and I mean this with all sincerity when it comes to the season, this is the end, friend. This is the end of our show, for now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, 
The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>